Well, welcome back to another episode of the Women in Gridiron podcast. This is the only place to catch up on women's gridiron around the country, and we are glad that you are here. Tonight, uh, we're trying something a little bit new, and we're going to be breaking down two feature games this week, bringing you one from Gridiron New South Wales and one from Gridiron West. And tonight, we welcome back the OG crew, Chrissy Moran and Danny DeGroot, back in the podcast seats. Ladies, I hope you enjoyed your break. Did indeed, but good to be back. Same here, exactly the same. Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Guys. I have to say, over in GW, they are really getting behind this podcast. The feedback has been really, really great. And I'm just loving having more football content uh, to talk about. It's, it's been really, really awesome. But I wanted to talk about bye weeks to start off with and the impact that it has on team performance. Danny, you guys have just had three weeks off. How, how do you make use the best use of the time? I know three weeks off. Honestly, it's been really, really difficult not having a game in these three weeks, especially with having um, three, I think it was three of our training sessions rained out. So we haven't been able to properly train. We've done a couple of film sessions um, and one indoor walkthrough, but man, not being able to go onto the field for practice um, to start prepping for our next games um, has been pretty brutal. Um, Look, I think everyone agrees when you have a break for three weeks, it can either be great and refreshing for a team or it can go the other way and be, I wouldn't say disastrous, but it can be quite a uphill struggle um, for, you know, the kind of first half of the game. So it'll be very interesting for for us this week to actually see how we're going to go and how we're going to come, come up against this team, the the Raiders, um, and actually see how we go after a three-week break. Um, I'm really hoping that the girls can push through and we can, um, you know, start the game off quite strong. But, look, we'll know after practice tomorrow kind of where we're at just because we haven't properly trained for a week um, just due to, obviously, the rain and stuff like that. Um, So, yeah, it'll be very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I feel that, uh, you know, obviously our game got washed out and then we had the public holiday um, and then so I played on the weekend and, yeah, I felt it. like, And it was just so frustrating to not be able to just get out on the field and just get stuff done, you know. And, and I feel like if if you've got girls that are disengaged, having that long of a break will just disengage them even more and, and it can, like you said, be a little bit um, disastrous. Well, not disastrous, just bit of an interesting situation Moran yeah. bye weeks what's the ideal situation during the season is it early buys is it late buys is it mid-season buys there has to be some magic formula to when you're looking at your at your draw when the buys are coming up and you're like yep that's a great time to have a buy um so I prefer mid uh season buys um, it because you can use it as a bit of a resetter. It usually means that you're getting down to the business end of the season. Um, you can rest some bodies after a few weeks of competition. Um, but I remember I was just when you were talking, Denny and Stacey, about uh, repeated buys. I remember back in the Jets days, so that would have been somewhere before two th- 2015 or before. Um, for whatever reason, I think there was a forfeit in there as well, but we had five weeks 
of buys in a row. Um, so what we did, and I don't know if you've ever noticed, but in the buy week, uh, it's the attendance at training tends to drop um, just because I think people think that, you know, oh, well, we don't have a game this week. It's not as urgent. But, and, and what we actually know is that it's a great time to, you know, um, clarify things, um, uh, install new plays and things like that. So um, what we found, um, what really worked to keep the guys engaged was we, you know, sometimes make some of those training sessions a team bonding um, bit of a thing or uh, and on weekends because we couldn't go and play we'd go as a team to watch a team together and do a bit of you know a bit of scout and a bit of cheering on and maybe some heckling and some sledging in there just for fun but um, but one thing we did in rugby that was really good is we got everyone to do SWOT analysis of the other team so strengths weaknesses opportunities and threats and that really actually is really good for rookies to learn and to critique stuff so um, I, I think that will be something in future that I'll bring in um, with teams when I have buys to everyone have a go at a SWOT um, analysis. I know it sounds a bit nerdy, but it's really, really good for learning. I've, I've, I, that's fascinating to me. And I've, I mean, I think that the, because we've been in the game so long, so for so long, we know, we know what we're looking for when we're watching film, but you're right. Like, and I've noticed it too, when you've got rookies, it's like, how do you explain how to watch film? Um, you know, so I was trying to like nut out my process and I realized that my process is a lot more in depth than most people's. Uh, so me telling the girls to watch the game five times and look at something different each time is is probably not the best thing, but I like that SWOT analysis. I love it. I love it. All right, guys, we've got a couple of games to break down tonight, so let's get into it with the breakdown. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to plan at all. Uh, and they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're heading across, across, not the ditch, the other side of Australia where there's no ditch. It's just the West Coast. Um, we're breaking down the Wolverines and the Vipers matchup. Now, Marie couldn't make it tonight, uh, unfortunately, but she sent in a very comprehensive breakdown. Uh, and I'm just going to read this because I, I couldn't word it any better, if I'm honest. She says, oh, my God, I cannot pick this one. The Wolverines are so strong and have numbers. They've got new coach with Kevin Wilson and a lot of effective plays on offense. However, the Vipers will have rested this week and will come out swinging with their depth of experience and rookies who are playing like veterans. I think that Lou will need to get the long passing game happening in order to score for the Vipers uh, because of the Vipers' absolute domination on defense. The Wolverines will do well on defense against the run as well, but some of the less experienced DBs and outside linebackers may need to step up in order to shut down some of the outside running plays. She wants to say, could she say this ends in a draw? Now, <clears throat> I feel like Marie has this one on lock, and when I was chatting with Lou, I know she's got complete faith that the Wolverines can match up against the big smash mouth Vipers style football, but this game has big implications. I think, you know, this is the Wolverines first true test of the season. No offense to the Jets who they played in the first round at all. They're a new club and they're coming along, but from all accounts, the Wolverines look good. They look to be the dark horse. So guys, I want to know what's the best strategy for prepping when you are the underdog. Christy, start with you because you've had experience being the underdog before. I love being the underdog um, and the way I kind of get the team is, you know, um, they've got the other team, the opposition have everything to lose um, and we uh, have everything to prove and gain. So it's a bit of a, um, 
if you're going to go, go at 100%. Um, give it a go and um, have it's a real invitation to, to play and play hard. Um, I, I I do love the underdog. I was also thinking when you were talking on that um, about you know Kevin Wilson. I wonder what he's. It'd be really interesting to find out what he's learned um, from after the Australian and watching obviously at international level and um, uh, girls from other states now that he's. He's been in uh, with coaching and around that as well. So I'm wondering if that might give him an edge too, give him some ideas or thoughts. So, yeah. Well, I mean, we know that Lou's been out of the game for a little while because she, uh, you know, she had baby Tilly, uh, but, you know, she was Kev's quarterback back in the, in the blitz days. And, you know, their, I think their relationship as a coach quarterback is, is one that you could take into any team and it'd be successful. So I think you're definitely right. Um, and, you know, Kev's definitely got some, picked up some tricks for sure. Danny, what do you think? Kev coaching club style, club style football, do you reckon it's going to be much different to what you experienced in Outback? Oh, look, I would love to see what he's going to be like at um, club level. level. I think he's going to be actually great and really bring some good stuff um, to the girls after this, after the World Cup campaign. Um, look, he was, he was absolutely amazing with us girls and I really loved his coaching style and how he brought the best out of his players which I think if the Wolverine, if he can pull out of the girls what he pulled out of some of us um, out of Outback, I think they're going to have a really, really successful season, especially with someone like Lou, who is very, very experienced and very confident and does have that really good relationship with Kev. Um, I think her as a leader is really going to help them push through too. And I think on the flip side of that too, you know, we've just talked about the strategy for prepping when you're the underdog. How do you prep when you are versing the underdog? Danny, what's the difference? If you're the number one and you're coming up against the number four, you know, do you prep that any differently to if you're coming up against the number two? I personally do. Personally, you know, I always look at other teams' weaknesses and I like to exploit their weaknesses and I go at their weaknesses until they have to then change that and they you know, they fix it. Um, so that's that's just a key one all the time is you just exploit the weaknesses until they change it and adjust and then you pick the next thing. So um, that's the way that I prep. That's the way that most coaches that I've also um, played with um, prep. So, yeah. I um I actually think that's the question, Stacey. I think that's harder uh, from a mentally point of view, from a mental point of view. I'm going into a game. Um, it's the the worst the worst c word is complacency in football. Um, and if you're going in thinking you're going to win or that it's going to be an easy match, um, you can get undone. Um, and there's nothing worse than being beaten by an underdog. Uh, that can really actually uh, go one of two ways. It can either you know ship you into shape or it can uh, start a, a bit of a, a downward spiral for a team. Um, but I think the other thing is that uh, if you are playing, if there is quite a discrepancy between the standards of a team, you know, you might be a, an experienced team versus a rookie team. Uh, it's hard to not uh, fall down to that, to the lower level um, in a game because, um, you know, you might be taking opportunities that don't normally, half opportunities rather than full opportunities and things like that and pushing plays and doing things that aren't um, not sticking to the playbook or not sticking to, you know, your responsibility because you can't, you think you could do more. So I think it's a lot about, uh, I think that they're good games to come up against um, for a player to become more experienced because you have to experience both ends because they do require different mentalities, I think. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. 
you know, and I think that this game for the Wolverines, like I said, first true test, um, you know, they had a big win uh, first week and then they didn't play. They had a bye last week. So they're also coming off um, some rest. So, I mean, the Vipers are hard hitting. They've got a, a massive D line, massive O line. Like they just, they just will just run the ball down your throat. And now that Xanthi is playing quarterback for the Vipers, Danny, um, you know, that's Xanthi's an athlete. So I think that could go either way here with this one, but I think it's going to be, uh, this is going to be one of the games of the season. We, we spoke about the last game of the season, which was last week um, with the Broncos and the Saints. So it's going to be interesting to see how this one turns out. I'm going to ask you guys for a score prediction, even though, you know, I generally, we don't really have a lot of knowledge, but we're doing the best we can. Danny score prediction, Wolverines V Vipers. Look, I am going to go that combination of having Lou and Kev and say that they're going to be up. Wolverines are going to be up on this one. Just, just, I just really think that if they can pull together the best out of their girls, I think they're going to have enough drive. Um, to really just get over that one over the Vipers. I'm going to say it's going to be probably around 28 to a bit lower than that, 28 to 24 or something. Just, yeah. 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 I like that. I like that. Moran, score prediction. Well, uh, haven't been able to get much eyes on GW games yet. Um, So this is a bit of a stab in the dark, but I'm going to trust my counterpart, um, um, and say, yeah, I reckon it's going to be a draw and it's going to keep it so fascinating for the rest of the season and I think it's going to be around the 20 mark. Oh, oh, I like it. Excellent. All right, well, I'm, I'm just going to just be different because someone has to. And I'm going to say the Vipers, um, but only by a score, potentially even two points uh, because, you know, at Mojo, we do rep the underdog hard, but you've got to give some credit where it's due when the Vipers are a dominant team for a reason. So that's it for that game. So I want to hear about it for next week. Uh, People over in GW, let us know how we went uh, and fill us in. Give us more information about GW. We need it, uh, especially if we do not have Marie or Lou, which sometimes may not happen. So we're doing our best over here. All right. And in our second game for the night, it is the UC Stars versus the UNSW Raiders. Danny, how are you feeling about this one, my friend? I'm not going to lie. I am nervous for this one. Um, we are coming off. Look like, on we're your just face right we're now. It's like... Yeah, man. I, I can't lie. You know, I, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about this one. I, I, I am. Um, we're coming off three weeks of, you know, no games. We're coming off the back of also not having some training sessions. Um, you know, so it's going to be a big, big matchup for us, a really big matchup for us. Um, we all know that the Raiders are a solid team and they've been together for many years and Dane has got got a great playbook, you know, lots of misdirection, very sneaky things happening. You know, there's some good players and they're just tough. They are just tough. And, you know, it's going to be a massive hard slog for us. But I do think when we're going to be at our around our best, I do really think we're going to be able to compete with them. It's just a matter of if we're going to be around that, um, you know, this weekend. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, I I think I said to you guys, you know, offline, I think that this game is going to be a game of variables. And, you know, for me, it's a really fascinating matchup. I mean, if Amanda's coming down for the Raiders, from the Raptors to the Raiders, it's almost a new offense. And we haven't really seen a lot of it yet. We've seen one game of it. Uh, And again, you know, Danny, if you've got, uh, you know, Jordan and Christy 
and you've bolstered your line a little bit with Ducky, then I feel like it could be like an air raid battle in the secondary. And I don't know how it's going to go. I mean, the Raiders DBs made some really great plays on the weekend against us, but there were holes in their coverages that can be exploited um, and where that's where they're going to need to improve to be able to match up against you guys. But on the flip side too, if you've got Jordan, you can have her at safety. You can have her at receiver. You could have her at D line and she's going to make an impact. So Christy, do you double down on keeping Jordan on lock, which opens up the other offensive threats for Danny, or do you spread the field and pray that Jordan doesn't make a amazing 30 yard catch score? (laughs) Bloody Jordan. Bit of column A, bit of column B. Um, usually what I'll say is, you know, uh, I'll get my uh, DB to give her a good jab and really un- unsettle her a little bit. But uh, she's a seasoned player, so uh, I don't know if that will work. Um, you know, for getting a bit of contact, get some hard hits in there um, and see what they come up with. But, uh, you know, whenever we talk about Dane, I remember from our last state in 2018, our national competition, and when we watched the New South Wales uh footage of our game um our film review i didn't watch any of the play i was watching dane on the sideline to see you know you could just see the cogs ticking and i knew he was getting annoyed with me i knew it um but you know i just thought man if we have to play them again i think he's got some tricks up his sleeve so i think um i i i think they've got uh, they've got that strength in the coaching where they will be able to adjust. But, you know, Denny, when one thing that, you know, I said that we didn't get to play for five weeks one time, but when we came back, man, we were itching to play. And uh, we just, um, just because we had so much energy and so ready and so fresh, um, I'm hoping for your team that you can come out and just sort of swarm them and uh, kind of get them on the back foot. Um, and see if they can adjust and just kind of uh, see if you can keep it going to the, that final whistle. But, um, you know, this it, I agree with safety. It's uh, all the variables. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so hard to put a workable game plan together when there's such variability in the teams. When you're talking about key players, because that's how you prep for games. You go, where are, the, where are the key players? And then if you don't know, it's kind of like, well, you go out there and you're like, I've got this plan, but I also have this plan. So you need a backup of your backup of your backup plan. And it's just, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, look, and it's that thing where where I've, I've just been saying to, you know, the coaches a little bit, we're prepping for one thing, but then out of the woodwork, you know, someone can fly down from Queensland, Amanda, and then kind of change all of our kind of prep. So it is prepping for, you know, two different kind of things and especially, you know, with their offense. Um, and I'm, I'm not overly sure. I haven't too, what, like I have watched a little bit, but their defense, it'd be interesting to see what they, what, how they were against you guys um, in this game. Cause I know they've only played it, the Giants. It, well, it, Giants. It, was, it was rough, Danny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to watch it though. But, um, you know, the Giants didn't pass, pass much either in their game against them. So, um, and I'm not sure what you guys did. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what their coverages what were like this game um, against you guys because I've got no clue. So I'm just I mean, look, like, you know, when you I mean, if you're looking, if, when you're looking at the Raiders, like you look at the trenches, you know, that's, that, that's where the game is won for them on both sides of the ball. You know, having having Dale and Ree come back from Outback, that D line is, you know, they've got some they've got some shifty moves for sure. But then, uh, you know, on offense, they've got that entire Mississippi Panthers O line. You know, like 
So it's just big bodies coming at you from every direction. So, you know, they, they're just smothering as an offense. So it's going to be an interesting game. Yep. Fascinated to watch. Um, you know, we're going to be, we're playing, I think it's the same time. So we don't get to watch, but I can't wait to watch the film afterwards. Danny, what's the feel? What's the score? What's the score? Of course, I'm going to have to go with us. We're going to win, but it will be a very, very, very hard push. And we're going to win by probably, I'd say, probably two or, or, or a TD. Um, and I, I'm going to think it's going to be a quite high scoring game. I think with both of our offenses, I think we, we both can convert. Um, so I think it's going to be up in the 40s somewhere. Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Yeah, it'll be quite yeah. Moran, thoughts? Oh, well, firstly, Danny's on the call. And secondly, uh, we just talked about an underdog. And I just talked about how they might come out and surprise and that they're, you know, frothing at the bit to get out there and hit some ladies. Uh, so, I, Danny, I'm going to go you. I'm going to go the staff to get up. I think it'll also be close. I'm going to say um, by two points. I don't know what the score will be. It'll be by two points. And you're going to be so happy at the end of the game. I'm loving these predictions. I love it. Uh, this is tough. Like I said, I need more information to make this definitive. But if the Stars can hold the Raiders in the trenches on both sides, they could come away with it. If it comes down to, because uh, then it will come down to Jordan be the Raiders secondary. Uh, and I would put my money on Jordan. But... I'm going to go 18-24 Raiders way. I'm sorry, Danny, but you get points on. You get points on, that's for certain. Well, that's no all doubt. good. It's the start of the season, baby, start of the season. I know, but it feels like it's been going for so long. Like, I feel like we're midway through. We've only played two games, you know. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, well, thanks. Hey, we're starting soon. We'll be starting soon. <laughs> you guys will be fine. You guys will be fine. All right, guys, let's wrap this one up with rapid fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, tonight I did have a topic planned, but I've gone a little bit off course. I wanted to talk about um, rapid fire. What's the best way to motivate your team when you have to play, when it's the next man up mentality? What do you say to the team? So you're short on numbers. You're going to be playing both ways. You may never come off the field. How how do you portray this in a way that the team doesn't go, oh, I'm not looking forward to this? How do you how do you turn that mentality or that situation into a good thing, Christy? The first thing to, that comes to mind is uh, just re- this this game is the biggest team sport ever. So just play for the person next to you. So you're going to have to dig deep. You're going to have to be everywhere, be everything. If we're all doing that, then we've all got it covered. So the minute you want to give up or stop, don't. Think of the player next to you um, and help each other out because unless we, unless you do it together, unless you're, if somebody's making a tackle, unless you're coming in um, and swarming, I mean, uh, you're not going to be able to just turn the momentum. And once you get momentum, keep going um, and and have trust in each other. If, if it is the, the backup of the backup coming in, 
um, those that are in their usual positions support them. So I would expect a lot of communication, talking to each other and playing for that person next to them. That's what I'd be asking my team. Oh, I like that. Danny, how do you motivate the team when you've got short numbers? Yeah, look, it's very much about lifting everyone up. You can't, um, you know, succeed as a team or get people to do better if you're not lifting people up. And I think it's a very, very big thing to make sure you have the communications there. After each play, you're encouraging people. You're all in the same situation. If you're playing kind of Ironman football, you're all in it together. You know, you're all tackling, you're all swarming, you're all doing these things, you're all tired. It's all about supporting that person next to you and making sure that you relay to them that you know that they're doing the hard yards and that you believe in them and that they can do it and they can keep pushing. And I think that's a very, very big thing to make sure that you really tell your players and tell your teammates that you believe that they can keep on going and that they can do it because they can. Oh, that's completely true. I, I, th I don't think, I mean, I think that that's one thing that, uh, you know, many people can improve on is that, is that, recognition of telling your teammates that they're doing a good job because I think when you get so swept up in the game you're just like I have to do this and I have to do this I have to do this and it's so important to let everyone else around you know that every action that they have impacts your action and if they're doing the best that they can then you can't ask for anything more you know and we've all been in those games you know it's it's you've got 10 players on the field and it's just, you're just running for your life and you just, you can't breathe and everything hurts, but you still have to keep going. And it's in those moments where you look at each other and you go, you know what? I wouldn't want to do this with anyone else. Yeah. And, and that's, exactly. I think that's the feeling that you need to let everyone know. And it's just those one, two little words sometimes that can lift someone right back up. And I, uh, I often use the um, analogy, every play is about 10 seconds. So if they can just put in 10 seconds of effort and then the next 10 seconds and the next 10 seconds, that's all it requires. That's right. All right, guys, that's it for us this week. Lots of things happening around the country. GQ starting up their season in the next couple of weeks. GW well underway, GNSW well underway. Send us in your comments. Let us know what games you're watching. Let us know what games you want us to break down. Let us know what content you want to hear from. Uh, personally, I'm going to try and get Dixie Jones on the podcast, 65-year-old out of GW. Um, I think that's going to be a really interesting storyline coming up. So big things planned for the podcast. Like the pages. Download the episodes. Subscribe to all the channels. Send us stuff on social media. Tag us at Women's Gridiron Australia, hashtag, and at on Instagram and Mojo Sports Network, and we will see you guys next week. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.